Hello there, I'm James. And I'm Adam. Welcome to our new little project. This is the Hopcast Half Pint. Um, it is basically our mini version of the um, of the Sheffield Hopcast, kind of partway through the month. And we'll explain a little bit more about it um, and how it will normally work in a bit, because um, the first one is nothing like what it's actually going to end up like, but for good reason for, for that. So normally we're going to kind of drink two beers as part of this um, podcast. For this one, we're doing eight. <laughs> we may live to regret this, Adam. We could call it the, um, the Wild and Wonder rather than the Cannonball Run. The Wild and Wonder. Yeah. I can't think of any other Ws. Wipeout. Give us an hour, that might be um, that might be accurate. So we've got the the Wylam um, collab series, the Northern Powerhouse series. We've got all eight of them. We're going to, over the course of the next hour, get through all eight. I, I, I don't know what it's going to be like by the end. <laughs> we are going in strength order, so we're starting with the weakest, building up to the, um, the strongest. Yeah. So let's crack up the first one, first of all, and then we can chat a little bit more about what on earth this half-pint idea is. <laughs> so this is number five in the series, even though it's the weakest. It's 4.5%, and this is the collab with Magic Rock. It's a forest fruit kettle sour. We have to confess at this point, we have already tried some of these, haven't we? Yep. Because we were at the launch at the Hallamshire House. Um, I think my first comment was, this is a bit of a James beer. I think this was the first it's one definitely the first one all I of us had, actually. I think I attempted to do this, actually, where we went kind of low strength to high strength. There was a few we missed, I think. I don't know if you tried them all. I definitely didn't try them. I think them. I've got six in the bag. Um, I think I missed the Thornbridge one and the Black Lodge. Black I think Lodge. I had both of those. Yeah, so, so interested to right. see what they'll be like. The Hopcast Half Pint, then. The idea of it, obviously, we do the main podcast at the start of the month we want to start doing something in the middle of the month and we wanted an excuse for us to drink a bit more beer basically so it's going to be just us two certainly to start with that's the idea um we will normally record it in my new office when i start my new job i've not started it yet uh so we're in my kitchen at the moment so i start at my my new uh job which is kind of working full-time in podcasting so i'm not just you know, rocking up to work with some beers for the hell of it. It does. There is a connection there. Um, so I start that at the end of July. Um, but because the opportunity came up where we thought, right, we could get a full case of the Northern Powerhouse beers and we could just smash them in an hour. Um, and that could be kind of like, you know, our introduction to our new mini podcast. Yep. In, in theory, then, moving forward, what it will be is we will each bring one beer um, that you know, we've got kind of a month to select which beer we're going to bring. So it's not like a competition, but it's just a chance to kind of you know maybe move us out of our comfort zone, try and find something a little bit special or whatever. Uh, each bring one beer, and we will share it. Uh, it will be much shorter than the main hopcast. That's the idea, um, and just have a chat about what's happening in the world of beer, which is something that we maybe don't do as much of in the main podcast because we are talking you know, beer quite a lot. And look at kind of you know the big news stories that are knocking around. What stuff's happening within Sheffield? It's a chance for any breweries or any bars that have got any events going on. They want to tell us about it. We'll chat about it on um, on the Hotcast Half Pint. Who do we need to give credit to for that name, by the way? Um, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, no, no. Clever, I mentioned my friend at work, um, Dougal McKenzie. It's a brilliant name. <clears throat> Adam's already told me this. I'm not convinced that this is a real person. It's a real person. Dougal He's a listener. McKenzie. Dougal McKenzie. Yeah. Wow. Well, Dougal, here's to you. Cheers, Dougal. Um, I'll the, be very pleased. So the Magic Rock Forest Fruit Kettle Sour. Mm, it's good. I, 
actually think this is a little bit nicer in can than I think it was in mm. on, on keg. It's just a little bit more balanced. I thought it was a little bit too salty yeah. um, when we um, when we had it a couple of weeks back. It's it literally got like you know forest fruits crushed in it, hasn't it? We've got some yeah. raspberries in there. You can definitely taste the blackberries. Yeah, in there. it says um, blackberry, blackcurrant, and raspberry. <clears throat> Cascade hops. Um, I think it kind of it's it's in the kind of same realm as like the Tullamine kind of beer, where it's slightly slightly sour but not exclusively like so sour. It's really red. Kind of yeah. quite opaque as well, isn't it? Um, it's just not got quite as much as a bite as that. I think it's, it's lacking something. I think it might just might just be the strength. I'm not sure, but possibly. But Tullamine wasn't a particularly strong five. I think beer. So, five. Yeah, it's only half percent more. Yeah, but Tullamine was, I think, that bit sourer. It, it, yeah, it has that bit more of a kick to it. That bit more of a bite to it. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's a hot day today, and this is very very. If if I if I didn't if I walked into a pub and there was maybe a, a, a brewery that I'd not really tried anything from or didn't know a great deal about, uh, and they they'd made this kind of sour that was made with forest fruits, um, and I tried it having <clears throat> no preconceptions at all, and it was this, I'd be really impressed. Mm. I think because we know it's Wylam, it's Magic Rock, you expect a certain level, and I think it probably achieves that, but it doesn't go over that, does it? it doesn't no. it's, it's not a beer that blows you away, but it's very well done. Yeah. It's, I think the other beer I kind of compared it to when I first drunk it, which I'm not sure I think about, but it's the the Thornbridge Tart, the Passion Fruit and mm-hmm. Black Blueberry, whatever it is. Yeah. The, the special Passion one Fruit they did. Blueberry, I think it is, yeah. Same kind of colour again, but obviously it's about 1.5% lower strength. Uh, and it's not got that, it's not any kind of funky kind of taste or smell to it either. It's quite. It's, it's um, pleasant to drink, it's pleasant on the aftertaste, it doesn't leave a nasty. A nasty taste behind. Um, that's not a bad start, all in No, it's good. Um, right, number two. Uh, I don't know if I had this the other. Um, I might have no, had it when this we, one. When we had it. I, I really enjoyed this one. So this again. is. Well, do you want to do you want to tell us about yeah, it? Yeah, <clears throat> I think I, these were the first two I tried. So together, I got two halves. It's um, it's five percent um, double dry hopped pale ale from Wylam and Hawkshead. I think Hawkshead are the guys up in the, the lakes, aren't they? Yeah, beer from I, the lakes, yeah. I don't, don't know a lot about them. I don't. I don't. I, I presume I have drunk one or two <clears> of their beers before. I've seen them. I think they're one of the breweries that I just kind of don't get hugely excited yeah, about. Yeah, you don't see much of it around. I don't think. Um, I can remember just pouring and it looking really like fresh orange juice, which was the case for a few of the beers actually. Um, it, had you, a, it, you, it had a kind of a New England look to it. It did, it? yeah, but it's kind of got that. It looks like it's got like orange, like murky because it's got orange kind of bits in it, but not bits, just kind of muddy in the colour. Um, I think this was one of my favourites. It smells like your kind of classic. Oh, that! It smells really good, doesn't it? It smells, it smells amazing. It smells like if it, it smells a bit cloud watery. Let's call it cloud watery. It, that it, kind it, of, it smells like. What you would expect something from Cloudwater or Verdant at like seven eight percent to smell like. <clears throat> if you pick up any of those mid range, um, the pale ale ones that you get from the Cloudwater range, they're five and a half percent. It's very much similar to that. It's got a similar sort of body to it, similar sort of nice smell to it. Um, I don't know what hops are in this actually. <clears throat> it's um, oh, it's... Citra and Chinook and Amarillo. Yeah. So yeah. 
can't so go wrong with a C hop, can you? Du- double, double dry hop, pale. Um, and yeah, I mean, it does, it's got so much resemblance to something that you'd expect cloud water to do. It packs a hell of a lot of taste into a 5% beer. Mm. And it's got that kind of uh, really full mouthfeel that, that you get from those you know, really kind of over-the-top expensive New England-style beers that are kind of everywhere at the moment <clears throat> that I can't get enough of. This is probably something that I'd overlook, thinking, well, that's not going <clears> to, <throat> yeah. it's not going to do the business for me. But it really does. Makes you wonder whether they've got some kind of beers on the horizon, or whether they are producing them, and we just don't get them around Sheffield. Possibly because they're definitely not in like the fridges. I don't see them at Beer Central at Sean's. I don't see them at Bar Stewards. No, them, not see them at the Ale Cup, and they're the kind of you want to go to if you wanted to look for a big fridge of this style beer. Yeah, um, they don't seem to fall <clears throat> into that kind of dare I say kind of sexy category. No. Um, I, I, I wonder whether or not I've seen some in kind of some of the I say smaller kind of places. I've got a uh, a wine rack just up the road, um, which has a decent range of beers in, and I've got a feeling I might have seen one or two in there. I might be making that up. I've certainly seen one or two somewhere, but I don't. I, I, I can't think where. I'm wondering whether I've ever had anything but cask. I definitely have some cask stuff. I think like some the bath, bath hotel will occasionally do something by them. Um, Kind of your pale ales, sort of, sort of your lower strength stuff. But they've always been packed with flavour. But like I said, I've not had enough of them to kind of familiarise myself with their range or whether they... I don't really know much about them in terms of what they, what they do in their range, whether they're all... if they have a core range or not. But I assume they do, because they are a well-established brewery. What we've not done really yet for anyone that's not come across the Northern Powerhouse series before is kind of explain yeah. what the heck it is, because it's, it is basically about showcasing the best independent breweries... The in north. the in the north, um, so it's led by Wylam, who are up in Newcastle, yeah. um, and certainly I think one of our favourite, you know, combined one yeah. of our favourite um, brewers, and they get together to kind of come up with these plans for eight different beers, showcasing eight different styles, and then they they, they come out, and and you wonder whether or not it's um, uh, the only thing that's kind of similar to this that I can think of that's certainly kind of like a north of England thing would be the Cannonball Run. Yeah, I think it's old enough at Wylam. I don't know if they all just pile in over a weekend and try and smash out a library. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much kit they've got That'd there. That'd be a fun weekend to yeah. get there, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, it's interesting though. It does, does actually just, it just shows you how much good brewer, brewing there is in the north. All of these beers, all these breweries are just making fantastic beers. We've each tried some of them. Are there any that you're particularly excited about? You can't really go wrong with a Northern Monk one, can you? And I was interested by the Cloudwater one because the Cloudwater is a brown ale, and obviously yep. they're they're not it's not something they they do like the Baltic ports and they do do brown ales, but it's not what you think of when you think Cloudwater. So I was interested to taste that. <clears throat> There's a big strong Buxton, a bit like on ten and a half percent. Yeah, just the same strength of the the uh, England um, failing beer. England beer in the um, World Cup. I, th- I think I just I think I tried that after you left on Friday when we went to a taste them. But I had a f- me and my friend shared a half, right? Because it wasn't cheap. No, it was about five pound a half. Yeah, I know. Kind of, it's not the most sort of quaffable of beers. Um, but yeah, what else is it? I'm interested to try the other stuff that I've not really. I don't think I've tried any beers from um, well the the Black Lodge one. I've tried them before. Not tried yeah, anything by um, Box. Box social. Box social, yeah. 
really want to not say box fresh. I don't know why. <laughs> I think they make clothes. Yeah. Um, yeah, box social I'm not familiar with. But I'm, that I'm was, a, I'm looking forward to trying that again because that was probably my second, one of my top, one of my favourites actually, up first time around to see how that kind of um, tastes in can, I suppose. But this one's, um, yeah, if you can get them individually or, you, or, or, or you're going out and you've really got a limited amount of ones to soak and it's and something that's in a decent strength range, then definitely try this one. Mm. I'd probably, I prefer it over the um, Magic Rock one, even though it's not really comparable, really. But No, they're very, very different beers, but this is... Um, I mean, a few months ago, I'd have gone the Magic Rock one every time. Um, this is, has kind of overtaken sours as my kind of go-to <laughs> sort of type of beer at the moment. I'm I'm really loving kind listen, of beery beers. I think listeners might be pleased that we didn't talk about sours every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Who, what, someone, someone did tell us off, didn't they, and say you talk about sours too much, and then since then I've drifted completely away from them. I don't know whether or not it was subliminal or, um, or what. I think, I don't know, I think it just... <clears throat> Those first few episodes, I think they were just a, well, a combination of Sean picking a few well beers that were sour and us talking about some beers that come out at the same time. I think it was just a bit of a sour few months, I think. Yeah. A sour few months. Yeah, in a good way. Mm. Mm. And there's still plenty of good sours knocking about, but mm. you know, I have it's definitely been the year of the um the the kind of the New England IP, yeah. hasn't it? And and somewhat out of the blue because both of us kind of you particularly said at the start of the year you're not really a fan of it and I was like I'm not overly fussed take no. it or leave it really and yet I've become really obsessed to the point of like just a, a, a kind of an addiction anything mm. that particularly Verdant release I've just got to get hold yeah. of because I just love them they're just you know, ticking every box yeah I think to kind of like we talked about in podcasts with Sean I mean Sean quite your West, always like your West Coast style much kind of crisper and see through and I don't know, hoppier, like hop forward. And I think I do this like years and years. I'll burn out on a style. I, I, it were always, I really like when I first started into like Cascale, it was always getting them on the hoppiest pale beers you could get. And they were only the kind of session strength stuff. When people weren't doing the crazy, crazy stuff. So like beers that you wouldn't probably even consider that hoppy anymore were tasted face meltingly um, uh, hoppy. Well, a lot of people say it tasted like, drinking that for it tastes like washing up liquid. The amount of people who say that hoppy beers taste like washing up liquid who don't drink ale is it's, it's odd mad. That. It is odd that. But I get that. If you do get a bit in your mouth, you get that really kind of bitter taste that lingers yeah. and you get that in turn. But yeah, I think because I burn out on flavours sometimes, you, I think I've done that with those, like you, like your kind of Cannonball, Halcyon, that kind of style, if you're going for something a bit more local. But, but yeah, I think the New England ones now have kind of found the ones I like and I think... Um, they feel it. They're just easy to drink, and I think with the weather improving, and it's just nice to quaff. It's not nice on your pocket. It's you know. nice to quaff. Quaff. They're certainly not the cheapest of beers. No, no I, I mean no. I don't think cheap beer exists anymore, does it? If, no. If you want to no. drink something that's 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 good, it just doesn't exist anymore. Oh. And um, we have in in the meantime, we've cracked open beer number three. Yes, yeah, the one I don't had. Um, which is I had this on um, on the launch. Uh, no, in fact, I think it was the first one that I had because we were at the Hallamshire house. It kind of felt right to have the Thornbridge yeah. collab when um, when we were there. Um, I do I do have one little whinge from from that launch evening, which is, I mean, the beers were expensive, and I, I kind of understand that. I get that, you know, 
keg of beer is expensive. That's something I've got used to. You know, five pound for a half a beer doesn't particularly surprise me anymore. But I, I'd like the option to have it in a third. Um, yeah. And it was a bit disappointing when the beers were some of them particularly strong, obviously quite pricey. If you went with the intention of I'd like to try all eight, yeah, it's going to set you back the best part of forty pounds. Yeah, now I, you, I, you, I, the case of and these are four forty mil cans. The case of them cost. 35 and that wasn't the cheap that was probably the cheapest you could get them anyway i saw you know some more retailers i don't know whether they got it as a deal because it's part of the brewery and they got them cheaper but i've seen it 45 40 40 plus five pound delivery 35 was certainly cheap cheap, and and and, you know fair fair play i thought that price wise was was quite fair yeah it's not bad but paying effectively you know the best part of 40 Mm. quid to drink effectively what would be four pints yes uh, I mean that's that's a lot and that's difficult to kind of even as a, a real beer enthusiast who will I'll, I'll you know go out knowing I'm going to spend some money on beer tonight yeah. because I want to try some good stuff to spend 40 quid and just drink four pints yeah, I don't well, know about that I think well I left a little bit later than you I think I had one or two I think I had six tried six of them including one which was a shared half I think I had another half in there and as you know my wife and wife pops up and I bought around for that and I'd spent 50 quid and I'd left <clears throat> this for after work so we got there at half five I were gone before nine and I'd spent 50 quid in there and I'd essentially had four what three pints if that it's mad isn't it it's absolutely yeah. it's, it's insane and, uh, it's not, I mean there's nothing personal against <laughs> no, no, House no. Um, you know I think generally Thornbridge pubs don't tend to sell stuff in, in thirds unless no. there's like a special event or a meet the brewer thing going on um, but there's a lot of other pubs as well and, and I've, I have taken it up with one or two and um one of the things that I, I tend to kind of hear back from, from pubs is that it, it, particularly some of the smaller places don't necessarily have enough space for for the glasses that you need to be able to mm. offer things in a third or in two thirds, <clears throat> um, which I sort of understand, but I kind of think, well, all you need is probably about five one third measure glasses because yeah. you then just transfer it, pour it into that and then transfer it into a half pint glass or if it's two thirds yeah. you do that twice into a pint glass it's, it's, I don't think it's that difficult now, these pubs have two minute dishwashers as well yeah. you know what I mean like if it's that much of a problem maybe, um, the, maybe the other side of it is the pubs that do do it which there's another couple and I know I've been with people who went like ah oh, they do thirds I wish I'd have known that and like they're two of my favourite pubs and that's Shakespeare who do they'll do a third of any any of the keg stuff whatever strength and I know that Rutland do thirds as well but it's, yeah. it's, maybe it's not a publicised enough thing. Maybe when you're selling a lot of strong beers, maybe maybe you have a little bit of a onus on you to actually maybe advertise it a little bit better, maybe. Possibly. And, and maybe it's something that is a little bit underplayed. I've got a couple of mates that would never go in a pub and order anything other than a pint. Mm. And even if they're ordering something that was a 10% beer and the pint <laughs> of it was like 10 quid, they would rather take the hit or yeah. in, in their pocket than anyone see them drink anything other than a pint, exactly. <laughs> which which is silly. <laughs> um, and I, I, I mean, I don't, is the other side that you know maybe it's kind of like a reserved for beer enthusiasts only. So if you advertise, or oh, you could buy this in a third, then or maybe sense. people will do. Uh, whereas the kind of you know the kind of wait for people to ask, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't see any downside to it because if I'm going to go in a pub and drink a third of a pint of something, I'm not then going to leave. 
I'm going to drink a third of something else yeah. and a third of something else and a third of something else. And get stuck there and drunker and drink a third of something else. Yeah, and a third of absolutely. Something else. And my intention will be to try pretty much everything on the bar and have a third of it. If they only sell it in a half, I'll, st- I'll stay in there for as long, but I won't try as many beers yeah. while I'm while I'm there. I'll probably spend the same amount of money. So I can't. I don't think I necessarily see a downside no. to it. Um, off- offering beer drinkers. Not just beer drinkers, offering all drinkers more choice can't be a bad thing. There can't be a downside to offering people more choice. No. I mean, like I said, maybe there's a if you, if you see the glass, glass half full, glass half empty thing with that, um, where maybe someone might not go and try that beer because they can't get in a third. You know, yeah, swings and roundabouts, isn't it, really? Like, for, for there's else. a lot of beer tickers out there, who, you know, like I said, just trying to get through them all. And if they don't want to. If they've got a lot to take off and you're only doing halves, look will find someone who does thirds, yep, possibly. Um, I've just realised we've not talked a great deal about no, this beer. So this is the Wylam and Thornbridge Club. It's uh, 5.5% American wheat with jasmine flowers and orange peel. I'm getting... Now, this was the first one that I, mm. I, I had. I struggled at the start to get any orange peel. It came through a little bit later on. I struggle to really taste it as a wheat beer as well. Yeah, um, it doesn't really taste very wheaty. I no, it doesn't look very wheaty it. either. It's it's a lot more clear than I would expect from a, <clears throat> a, a wheat beer. It's very um, yellow, isn't it? But it does have a slight. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting the orange peel. I'm not getting the jasmine, and for me, that's a good thing. Right. Like, um, what's the other beer yeah. they do, which is a bit fussy? Um, the, I think that's got jasmine, like a jasmine pale ale or something. About six percent Thornbridge one. It's a seasonal one. It Pooja or something like that. Um, I don't think I've. I don't think I tried. Yeah, it's one of them. Pooja. I think anything's got the word poo in it. It's probably good. <laughs> P-U, it's all right. Um, but it, it's got you know, Chinook and Centennial. Um, I, I, I like it actually. I think I might have just. I might, I might have had a sip of yours, but not enough. Maybe the other stuff overpowered it a bit. Because it's quite delicate, I suppose. If it, it's not. Yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of the fact that you don't get the the jasmine taste, but I don't think it's there for you to taste. No. I think what the jasmine does is it adds that delicate kind of feel. Maybe to it, it does, yeah, which is a good thing. Um, because I think you know the beer that we've just had that was a five percent beer, but but didn't. In fact, the two that we've had, I don't think <clears> taste particularly kind of boozy or anything. I think this has got a little bit more of a hit to it. Yeah. Um, and therefore, the jasmine probably just takes the edge off that a little. Yeah. I, I, my guess would be this. This would. To taste it, if I didn't know, I'd probably say this is a little bit more than five and a half percent. Hmm. I think I'm thinking it's probably about right for me, but I'm wondering whether it's less hoppy and it's more the orange peel that's giving it bitterness, and that's what yeah, that and that's what that mouth kind of taste that mouth feel is. That mouth feel that kind of taste to it. It's not an obvious bitter taste. No, but it, I think maybe right, American maybe wheat isn't a hoppy beer, a... but the burnt orange the orange peel might yeah. give it that kind of impression of a um, hoppiness to it and we are kind of drinking these in kind of fast forward mode aren't we we're, we're literally when when one's finished we're not even Motoring, yeah. you know there's no kind of um you know quick kind of glass of water break or anything we're literally on to the next one and i think that was a as we're going to get a lot more later on that was a kind of a knee-jerk change there from kind of like a new englandish kind of double dry hot pail to a yeah a wheat with orange peel and jasmine flowers yeah, I'm actually surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised at that because I was thinking, I didn't avoid it for any any reason at all. I think maybe just on paper, if I was, I knew I weren't going to get through them all, an American wheat probably isn't 
top of my list for something to try. It doesn't. It doesn't sound. Actually, I did. When I saw it, I thought, actually, I'll try that. It sounds quite mm. good. Anything that's got some kind of fruit in it, I'll probably give it a go. Yeah. Um, and I do, less so nowadays, I've, I've always quite enjoyed wheat beers. Um, I remember, I can't remember what the name of the brewery is. It's the, the brewery, Scandinavian brewery begins with B. Um, it's got a J in it. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I know what you mean. Brewery, um, <laughs> um, I never know what that says. They did a collab with Thornbridge oh, back in the old good, 500 yeah. mill days, which yeah. was a wheat beer, and it was... An incredibly hoppy wheat beer, beautiful. Yeah, I remember that. Really, really, really good. I think it was just named after the brewery. Was I think it, it was just yeah. called Brewery. Um, I'm not going to look it up if anybody does that. That was absolutely great. And I remember having a couple of bottles of that. And this is quite early on in my kind of beer journey. And I didn't mm. realize that kind of like collab stuff are generally sort of like here and then gone. Yeah. And yeah. I thought if you find a beer, then it'll just be there forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> and it was the same with um, the shelves if, uh, Twin Peaks as well. Yeah, well, Twin Peaks did make a resurgence. Oh, did it? Uh, yeah, I it did. I think about you or so later, but um, right. for anybody who's never had that, that was uh, Thornbridge and um, Sierra Nevada. Yes. And it was, that was a, that was excellent a beer. excellently sessionable beer, 5%. Yeah. Kind of that perfect kind of, it felt almost like a hybrid. It felt yeah, like yeah. a like a lager pale ale thing, but it was just, if you imagine what you what the Sierra Nevada pale ale is like, and just wind it back a little bit to make it just really, really sessionable at five percent, yeah. bang on that. It was it was Absolutely top notch. Bang on. That was kind of in the early days before Big, collabs became yeah. like the norm. And it was quite early days in terms of the, the kind of the craft side of beer. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, yeah, and yeah. They that, were amazing beers and I, I just assumed they'd be around all the time and yeah. then next time I went in they weren't there and then next time I went in they weren't mm. there and I said oh you're getting such and such back and he's like no no it's done yeah. and I'm like what I'd have bought like 20 bottles yeah. of, of that that's a blast from the past because that's a good few years ago and like my little tip for getting Thornbridge beers if you're in Sheffield is Beaches of Walkley on the South Road it's, okay. a, it's a butcher's kind of farm shop thing and they used to sell all the Thornbridge bottles they'd even get like the specials in when it were 500 mil bottles, and you were pretty much paying cheaper than you get in a Thornbridge. But oh, okay. you were looking. At, I reckon um, a bottle of that was two pound forty. Big bottles, 500 mil. This is an interesting conversation. This isn't it? Like sort of <laughs> secret beer shops. Yeah. Um, because when there's if there's something that, that that comes out that I know everyone's going to kind of snap up. A place that I'll always try for stuff is Turner's on yeah. Abbeydale yeah. Road, which is actually it's easy walking distance yeah. from Hot Hideout. Yeah. Um, but it's just a little more understated. Yeah. Um, and they will tend to maybe not be on stuff quite as early as, say, Beer Central yeah. or Hop Hideout, but once they've kind of run out of everything mm. and it's gone, it's been snapped up, you've got a good chance of finding stuff I've there. In, yeah, I've been there a few times. It's the wrong side of... It's more your side of town than my it side of town. town. Um, but I have driven there. I've made it... Like, evening, kind of early evening special journeys there because they also do, do the... Um, it called they do uh, the growler fills so they'll have like a range of yep. maybe four or five on there which for a fairly reasonable price but I always find that when I go in there I feel like they do have a slightly different range to the other to the to its competition yep. obviously you have your classic ones and your ones that, you get, that the F1 gets in but it's sometimes and I don't think they're very well priced at all um, I, I, I can't tell you the guy who runs it but he's a very nice chap as well um, I spoke to a few times but yeah it's um, I, it's hard to spot and a number of times I've driven, I've, I've been like driving, thinking, right, it's on here, it's on here, it's on here. And I've, been, like, I've run out of shops now. Yeah. And I've had to turn around at Labadale yeah, yeah, Picture yeah. House and drive back. It's quite understood that kind of 
it's battleship grey, very um, understated front yeah. to it. Yeah, you've actually got a good little beer on there because you've also got, and I can never remember what it's called, but slightly further up, there's it might be called Pickles, the Yorkshire shop. Yeah, the um, yeah. Now that's a place that only sells kind of the core range beers, mm. but they do sell stuff from the breweries. Like you know, I assume they've got some Thornbridge in there. Definitely Magic Rock, they sell there. All right. Yeah. Um, and kind of you know the, the 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 bigger breweries, they don't obviously get the more limited edition stuff there. They don't get much of the collab stuff yeah. there, and there's nothing there that you'll see that will particularly surprise you. But it's super cheap. It's really well priced. Yeah. So you can kind of do a bit of a beer run there, whereby you get you kind of you stock beers one or two for the fridge from from um, I'm going to call it pickles. I think that's what it's called. It is pickles. Yeah. yeah cool. Mr. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hot pied out for kind well, of your rarer yeah. stuff, um, and then you've got a cop turners that literally sits in the middle, mm. uh, location wise, and literally sits in the middle in terms of the fact that you'll get some of the newer stuff there. Yeah. But you've got some backup stuff as well. Absolutely, yeah. I think um, there's a girl called Claire who does the Feast and Glory on Twitter. She likes a beer and things. And I think she's been in the past done a few of um, a couple of beer crawls on the Sheffield Beer Week. Um, and I think she works there or has worked there because. Um, okay. So maybe she's like she's maybe she's got an influence on uh, what they stock, which um, wouldn't surprise me at all. Okay. Um. There you go, you got a plug for your Claire. We are about to uh, break into beer number four. How are you feeling? Not as scared as I was before. I was a little bit worried. But is, that, is that the beer? No, I don't know. Well, I said we only had three, but... Yeah. So know. number four, this is going to be another pretty big change in style. Because uh, oh. this is the mm. uh, cloud water. So remember, doing these in uh, order of strength, so halfway... Halfway through, in fact, we're not even halfway through. Oh, this is beer I've number got four. To six. <laughs> this is six point three percent. So this is uh, obviously Wylam and Cloudwater, and it is uh, strong brown ale. I'm thinking Nuki Brown at this point. Damn. This is what I'm. This is what I'm expecting. It's quite. I think it was quite nutty. If I remember, I didn't. I didn't have this one on launch no, night, so um, I don't really know. I'm trying to see if I remember, um, but what to I think. I remember drinking it and thinking it was a similar kind of taste to like the Nutty Ambassador thing in a completely different sort of style, but you get that kind of nuttiness to it. Okay. The right. first thing to point out is it, it smells. It, it is very, very dark. It's not quite stout porter dark. It looks and like it's got those, you can see the bubbles in it. You can see. It's a bit like Coca-Cola. It is a bit like a, a bit like a bit actually. like someone's dropped. The sub, if you hold it to the light, it is it's it's a little bit murky. But if you just if you just sat on a table, you, you could tell someone that were good colour. Very coffee aroma from so it. So I get nutty from it. But well, like I get kind of um, milky, like milky nutty kind of found it. So even just from the smell, I'm. The, the description is strong brown ale, and from that I would just expect quite bland, a little bit old-fashioned, um, probably something that I won't enjoy. The smell, completely different. I get it, it feels a bit treacly, actually. It's make my throat make a weird gargling noise, anyway. It is a very different taste to anything that we've drunk so far. Oh yeah, well yeah, it's yeah, it's completely different. It's not an easy drink, is it? Like you wouldn't want a pint of that. I don't it's, think it's. I mean, 
It's an easy drink, but the, it's not an easy the, long the, drink. The, is it? When we do anything like, like doing something like the Cannonball Run, they're, they're kind of three slash four beers of a, of a similar sort of style. We're jumping styles a lot, yeah. and and that's going to do weird things to your taste buds. This for me has much less taste than anything that we've had so far. Mm. It, it, it's I get a little bit of coffee. I get what you're saying about the tree call. Um, the nut stuff maybe uh, less so, but it actually tastes a bit thin to me. It tastes a bit on anything. It, it, it's yeah, but you got a bit as a brown ale and not a. It's not a stout report. So you're not going to get that sort of creamy thickness to it. Um, it's not. There's nothing bad about it. In fact, if, if it's neither of us know, styles, if, if is this it? was, if I just you know, rocked up to my mate's house and he said, "Do you want one of these?" and it was the only beer that I drank, mm. I'd enjoy it. Oh yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not particularly exciting. I would be, if someone gave it to me and said, try this, and then at the end said, oh, it's a Thornbridge beer, I'd be like, oh, really? I think it's disappointing. Uh, not Thornbridge, Cloudwater. <laughs> you could still say Four that. Four beers in, I'm getting all the breweries mixed up. Um, and someone said it's a Cloudwater beer, I'd probably be a little bit surprised. Have you had any Cloudwater brown ales or like Baltic no. Porters? No, I, I've, I've got to be honest, I do avoid them because yeah. it's just, it's um, it's a style, Porters and Stouts generally I've kind of drifted away from quite a bit. Um, but do still every so often enjoy one when I when I have it, but they're not kind of go to for yeah. me at all at the moment. Like way 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 out of it, and have been for a while to be fair. Yeah. Um, so no, um, yeah, I, I, it's it's difficult for me to kind of really kind of rank this because it's it is so far away from kind of what I would kind of drink day to day. Hops, Williamette. Not really familiar with Williamette as a hop. No, no, no. How Williamette? Yeah. Just that. I mean that Williamette. Yeah. Like um, Bernadette, but Williamette. It's it's kind of like when you're a kid and you very childishly try and like femaleize someone's yeah. name. It's William, so it's oh, it's Williamette. Someone's gonna email. Someone's gonna text text in. What we think we got a text number. Mm. Tweeters and go, yeah, Willie Met is a name, you dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is, isn't it? Bernadette it is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you think, obviously, like they do their other ones that are kegs, so they don't do them in cask or anything. Do you think it helps or hinders having a cold brown, slightly fizzy ale? Would you prefer it? Would you prefer something that's like that on cask, do you think, maybe? Do you think it's confusing um, being cold and fizzy? I don't know. It's, I mean, you know, we are, as we record this, it's a super hot day. Um, it's kind of, if you offer me on cask right now, I, I, I wouldn't be interested. Oh, no. um, generally, may, maybe, maybe. In the winter? Yeah, poss- possibly. It's, there's no, it, it isn't a bad beer. It's really not a bad beer. In fact, the more I drink it, and I think the more that I'm clearing the the taste of the previous beers out of my system the more I'm kind of coming around to it does it taste 6.3 no I don't think so no I don't think so either but isn't that a huge thing with beer now just not yeah carrying its masking its strength yeah we both talked about um, or I particularly talked about Pineapple Halcyon yeah as a beer that did show its percentage which is um in no way a bad thing, you know. People, no. there are a lot of people that enjoy boozy mm. tasting beers, and if you ta- if if you drink it, something it's quite strong. Some people like the fact that it gives you a right old kick yeah. back. 
I think I've become so used to beers that really try and hide their percentage and it's there to add the the mouthfeel and the texture to it. Um, the, I think when I drink something that, that does show its its alcohol ABV level, it surprises me a bit. Yeah, maybe why. One of the reasons I've gone off your kind of, like I said, your classic double IPAs, which sometimes you just really struggle with them. Um, you're like, Human Cannonball, I find, is a generally quite a difficult beer to get through. I like it, and I've, you know, drunk it since it came out, and, and they've done small bottle releases of it a long time ago. I've never, the first time I've had it in the can version, I think, no, it's the first time they've done it in the can, but this this year it felt like 9.2%. And I think if I, I've not, the beer I've not had for a long time, which you used to be able to get, which was the Boodog Hardcore IPA, which is 92 which they also did as a Tesco branded double American IPA, which they claimed was a different recipe, but it was a double IPA. It was sold to Tesco. It was 9.2%. It tasted exactly the same. <laughs> it was just a cheaper way of getting hardcore IPA. Yeah. I think hardcore IPA is now called Mr. President. Like it could be, yeah. yeah so again, the new beer is it? Nah, I'll probably rebrand. Even that I've not seen for a while. I wonder where that's sort Yeah, of but that's, that's a, it's a, it's a beer that... You know, you could have one if you're just having a kind of a one beer nightcap, or you know, you've been you can get sat down until ten o'clock, and you thought, I, I want a beer, but I'm going to bed at eleven. Then yeah, but to be out, someone said, George, you want a half of something like that? I'd be like, I'd be backing off, but maybe I won't back off a of cloud water or something at that strength. Possibly, um, it's still going to have the same effect on you. It is, but it. it's yeah, it's all. Psychological. Um, we're kind of halfway through now. What's what's your pick so far? What are you? What are you um, uh, I think the Hawks are just only because I've been quite surprised by the Thornbridge one actually. Yeah. Um. So Hawks are definitely the best one. I know it, for you, modern and crafty hipster fan, that's probably the one that's closest to. The um, yeah. the big boys. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd agree. Um, although my second favourite would be the Northern Monk because I thought that's that's a good example of that style of beer. Northern Monk. Um, and no, Magic Rock. Magic Rock, yeah. Northern Monk's um, to come. I am getting into territory where I, I will get <laughs> every brewery wrong from now on. Sorry, right, I'll, I'll just I'll keep correcting me. Yeah, It'll yeah. all be fine. We'll not get sued. It'll be fine. Because we've already drunk them, though. I'm sometimes thinking, oh, it's just it's just referring to from when we drunk it when we no, had no. it large. Um, <laughs> no, I do, I do get Magic Rock and Northern Monk confused sometimes. I don't know why. Because um, the Northern yeah, Monk one so isn't the, surprising. Which weirdly are the two um, weaker beers. Yeah. Um, but I do think they're the the two that have been the best of their style. Um, we have um, we've opened beer number five, which is on topic. While we uh, yeah, while we've been chatting, which is actually the Northern Monk one. Oh, of these, that smells good. Um, which I think I had. You did on on launch night because it's very me. Um, so this is uh, it's an IPA. It is to kind of you know hold it a look at the colour of it. It's it's not even orange juice. It's it's pale and that. It's kind of grapefruit juice, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's the way. If you look on, if you look down at it. It kind of looks like they might be like you know when you get the with juicy bits. Yeah, yeah. Kind of there's something that happens with the the carbonation on it that kind of sits quite unusual on it. I think this looked quite like the um, Hawkshead one. It's yeah. a very 
It's it's a very yeah very similar. It's very similar on the nose. The smell is very mm. very similar. So it's um, IPA with uh, Citra, Mosaic, Fix Secret, Fix Secret and, and Galaxy. Yeah. And it's seven point two percent. And this is beer number five. So we've still got three more to go after this. Oh, that's great. That I think my only criticism. I think it's a little bit too bitter on the finish. Just a little bit. Oh, super. You know, like when it goes down, it feels quite sweet and juicy. But when you swallowed it, it's quite... It's not got a burn to it, but it's quite... I know what you mean. I get it it's I get it on the swallow. Yeah. The aftertaste is all right for me. I don't mind that. Um, yeah, it's very... It reminds me a little bit, actually, of probably the Neo-Human... It's got a very oh, yeah, similar yeah, sorry, thing going on to it. Than... Yeah, it, yeah it's, you're right, actually. Yeah, That had that similar kind of finish to it. It's, it's very classic of um, some of the stuff that they're doing, patron start, patron project stuff, anyway. Well, I think that's excellent. I think that's really good. It's got all the good hops in it, hasn't it? I don't know whether <laughs> I'd be tempted to rate the Hawk's Head above it purely on percentage basis. I think I prefer it still. I think I prefer the Hawks head actually. Yeah, but this is, is is very good. And actually, seven point two. I mean, this could easily be an eight nine percent beer. Yeah, it, it um, does taste strong. Yeah, it that has, finished it, it's got a powerful taste to it. Um, while we were chatting there about the, you mentioned the can design for yes. that Magic Rock um, Micro IPA. Yeah, which led me on to a train of thought about a couple of things. So kind of. This is kind of beer news from the last two, three, four weeks. Yeah. So we'll do these in reverse order of, of kind of significance, if you like. Right. But um, for me, probably in order of uh, my own personal interest. Fair enough. So the Magic Rock cans have all been redesigned. Yeah. We've not actually seen them in, in real life yet. I don't know. But we've seen them very on, good, on, um... on very well-taken yeah. studio photographs. Yeah. Um, I I like them. I'm quite a big fan because I like the cans that they do for their limited releases. Yeah, what's something we talked about as well, isn't it? You're not so much of a fan? It's not that I'm not a fan with that. I, for anybody who don't know, I, 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 I followed Magic Rock really early on from when Stu used to be a brewer at Hillsborough Hotel and the Crown Brewery thing. Yeah. So I basically saw you, I was there when he left, not there personally, like seeing him off, but I was around <laughs> when he left and then created Magic Rock with Rich, who was... Uh, I think he's doing the My Brewery Tap, kind of, which was an online beer sh- sort of shop. Um, but when they launched, and they had this like really striking brand. They had the core range, which was the launch ones was Highwire, uh, Rapture, and which I think they've actually decided they're dropping yeah, the core range and uh, Cannonball bottled. They weren't really, as far as I'm aware, they weren't really released into shops. You get them from them, and then so I bought a, ca- a case of them. Like 12, 12 bottles of thirty five quid. And it seemed crazy to me that I'd get that, but brilliant beers. They they were, they always mentioned that they were never quite happy with it and with the processes. But I thought they were absolutely banging, and I just loved that, how iconic that 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 sort of design was. And I still do. And it's run through that kind of theme of this circusy thing, and all the names have kind of been based on circus based things, with a few exceptions. And um, they've tweaked they tweaked it, and I didn't think it was a positive tweak. 
it was a bit kept that kind of feel. It went a bit more monstery than circusy, mm-hmm. and then they started introducing this kind of swirly, circly thing, which is fine. And I, I know they've done it because they've said in the, in the book thing it says, you know, we, we were once this kind of brewery which was, you know, nothing was out there that was as striking as us. We had this, but then everyone's up the game. Obviously, you've yep. got Beaver Town, which have got very, very strong can designs. And everybody else, essentially, there's loads in there. And it was basically time to, you know, rebrand, I suppose. And we've seen all these, you know, th- these ones with the sort of squirrely, circly designs. And then they've decided to move their core range across to it. And my problem is, is because there's three or four colours in each one. And the other ones were basically, they had a core colour. Like, what 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 colours highway? Blue. What colours cannonball? Green. Now... I just find them really indistinguishable. But is that like the end of the world? It's not, but like, you know, some of the best how, how many breweries have really distinct. You've got probably Brewdog that have stuff in specific coloured yeah. cans, but beyond that, I mean, think about well, the, the, the stuff that, that the, the Abbeydale stuff that they put out, which no, all has pretty yeah. much the same does, yeah. design. Um, but I still don't kind of get home and think, oh, I've bought the wrong one. Silly me. No, but I have done it with Cloudwater a couple of times. Okay, yeah, all right. I've done, and Sean, I'll tell you, I've been in a couple of times where stuff's been stickered up wrong because they look right. like virtually identical. Um, but yeah. there's a kind of different kind of design, it's very minimalistic. And yeah, uh, these are li- these actually, these northern powerhouse ones are a little bit, little bit magic rocky, but it's very like yeah. geometric. They're also very, very similar as well. Exactly. They? Well, some of them are almost the same blooming few colours. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, I think, and I said it to a couple of people, I said, like, I just think they look nice and they will look great and it will, you know, it'll work fine. I just think they're a little bit harder to just to glance, to kind of scan, I think. Um, but it's nice to see a couple of new entries to the Discord range, Sorcery, um, which is like a session. So they're kind of three point something percent one, yep. um, and they're all matching the kind of phantasma can, the kind of black can into it as well. You know, rather yeah, than yeah, silver yeah, can, it's, it's like a black can. Thing. Uh, so the drop rapture from the core core range, I believe, because they were saying that red ales are not really a sought after style anymore. Yep. Um, and I don't believe that there's a few other ones at our core which haven't been rebranded. There is a rebrand for it, but I think because of the amount, I think it might be the amount of stock we've got in circulation. I think then that includes Dark Arts, which is their six percent surreal stout. Yeah. The other thing is like, does that now mean that all their kind of circusy stuff on all their branding and kind of like their vans, their like clothing and stuff? I don't know, but imagine Possibly. the tap room. Does that is to go because there's I, no connection to it anymore? Well, as as we sit here now, we're drinking out of the Magic Rock Phantasma glasses. Yeah. Um, Someone did ask a question when they tweeted about their rebrand, saying, "Does that mean that you'll be getting all new glassware in?" And all they said was, um, "Watch this space," <laughs> which I kind of, I, I kind of read that as being yes. You know, they will yeah. be rebranding all that stuff because for me, they 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 kind of their glassware is as uh, desirable as their cans. I think they're incredibly good at doing glassware and yeah. magic magic rock, much better than probably any other brewery really. Yeah, um, nice. To the point whereby you would, you know, I, I would go to Huddersfield specifically Still. to buy the <laughs> to buy the glass. Oh well, yeah, just to swipe one. Yeah, yeah. buy a couple I mean, of beers and I'll yeah, swipe. Yeah, like twenty quid trade yeah, journey. Yeah, spend fine. four hours and just, yeah, just, yeah. just to get a glass. I think that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you know, it could it could it could be kind of a bigger rebrand than that. But then when you think about 
their actual, their real core branding, like their actual logo. There's nothing in, in well, that, is there? It's, no, it's kind it's, of like the, I assume it's like, is it like a gate kind of Yeah, well, well, it's not even that, but if you, if you look at any of the, the those cans... It's the building, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, I think it's, it kind of mimics the industrial sort of Bordersfield yeah. thing. They do have a weird little kind of droplet which sits underneath it, which I have seen them on occasion, them tweeting people who have tweeted pictures saying, yeah, you've um, you've just you've just nipped our little sort of thing off off the logo completely, and I've been thinking, well, yeah, as a designer, it kind of does, fit, it does sits it? it's, a bit. It's a bit as a designer, it's a bit of a pain in the ass to um, kind of sort of work around. But um, what am I going to say now? Um, come back could, to it. If it come back to me, if it, it could even be. Is this step one in a kind of a an overall Magic Rock rebrand? Do you think? Yeah. Could that? Could that? That? Because you're right. I mean, we'll, I'm, as I look at it now. Well, we can find it on the can, actually. The, oh, there, yes, there, isn't it? The, the elements of that logo are fine, but the whole thing together, like that droplet thing you write, is just weird. It's a pain in the eye. It's like, a total waste. The logo we're looking at is a circular one, and actually it fits all right there, but if you try and square that off, off, you've got no chance. Yeah. There's, worse, there's worse examples, but it doesn't help anybody. Um, I, I remember what I'm going to say now. If you look at any can from that design, and I'm, I'm going to take a risk here, but it's definitely on the Vantasma one, the logo is absolutely minute and it's actually only on the little bit which gives you all the information. Oh, okay. So as as a brand they're very, very confident that they yeah, yeah. that they that, that, that people recognise that brand. Which is probably fair actually. And it drives people, people probably yeah, do. It does I mean in, you know, I've been working in sort of graphic design for ten years or something and people do really like to put their logos up centre and front of that's up center in front of, up front to center, and um, not realize that actually people don't actually give a shit about that bit. It's the yeah. other stuff. People will find your logo if you are, if you look at a big billboard. It's not like a seven, eight meter logo with a little message in the corner. It's a big message, and people yeah. know how to read branding. They kind of go look the bottom right, and they'll see a logo, and you and they split every can. You'll read it. You'll go, oh, cool session IP. That was really nice. You'll spin yeah. it, and there will be a little logo. But it's brave for them to do that. Um, I mean, they're not very prominent on these cans, are they? Really, they're they're no. probably small, bass, bigger than five pence piece. Bit um, probably cover that with five p. It's, yeah, it's probably a little bit small. Yeah, yeah maybe a little bit bigger than that. Five p. No, yeah, it's spot on actually. Five, five p's probably slightly yeah. bigger. <laughs> Bang on. But yeah, like think how big a four forty can is, and the logos will hide under a five pence piece. Um, yeah, it's interesting. They are good cans. I worked with another guy who was, doesn't drink, and he he, he um, absolutely loves beer can design. He sees stuff I do, and he's just like, "Oh, I just love that kind of stuff." And to someone who doesn't really actually like, yeah, have anything to do with beer, to get that kind of it's quite excited area. about it. I think I've said before on the uh, on the main podcast about how I am an absolute sucker mm. for a good can design. Can probably better more than bottle. Well, you get your full. But thing, yeah, I think when when they're done well, I I would if I'm if I'm torn between two beers, I will absolutely be swayed by which one's got mm. the better design. Just think about what's quite popular in a minute that you might might notice when you go to places like Bar Stewards. There's people drinking a thing, peeling that label off, and now they're making a wall of basically can labels. Yeah, yeah. And that just I mean, you won't put that on a wall if 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 all beer cans look like shit. 
You wouldn't no. want wallpaper it, would you? No. But it, people it, are peeling off, me, um, plastering walls. With I was in there at the weekend, and it reminded me of like when you were a kid, you used to get the Beano, and you'd actually like yeah. instead of wallpaper, you'd just like you know, sheets of that, yeah. The Beano and dandy and stuff like that, and you know that 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 was like a thing. Um, and yeah, the wall there, and it doesn't need to be any particular order. Like you'll yeah, have two of the same labels yeah. quite close together and stuff. But each one you kind of look at and think, oh, that's a really, that's a great design. That's mm. a really good label. Well, I think Sean's actually got uh, at his shop. I think I saw some on Twitter that he'd received the artwork, which mm-hmm. was for one of the Northern Monk cans, which one of the ones I've not actually tasted, which is the one of the artists that must be from the what the Patron Project one is about. Yeah, um, I can't remember what it's called. It's like I want to call it like Infinity into... something or other. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, which is yeah, I think in a lot of a lot of circles would tell you that that's been the, probably the best beer of this year. So I've not had, and it was excellent. Mm. It was excellent, really good. Um, which which kind of yeah, nice little circle brings us back to the Northern Monk mm. um, seven seven point two was this? Yep, I think so. Um, IPA, which I've really enjoyed. Yes, yeah, I've nice. enjoyed it all the way nice, through. Yeah. Consistently good beer. Really nice. I would have kind of feels like Northern Monk could have some of that. Oh, it's done it a while ago, isn't it? You kind of think they'd have some, they'd release that in some other form because you do get a lot of Northern Monk beers around. You, I don't know if there's a really limited amount of kegs or whether that is it, whether the launch kegs are done. I don't know, idea. Possibly. It wasn't really like kind of communicated as such, but um, sometimes these things just you crop up, don't they? And you'll just see a keg of it just appear somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so far, being a bit stereotypical, but the two kind of murky, yeah. murky we ones are, are the better ones, aren't We are they? playing to every beer stereotype. And to be honest, the, the next one is similar, and I think I liked it more. Well, <laughs> well maybe not, actually, I don't know which way around it is. Oh, no, sorry, it's the one after that. So this is... Um... Yeah, I think I think I think I've already tried this one. So this is the Black Lodge Club. Yeah, so they've mixed fermentation one into. And this is yeah. Um, so yeah, I do. I remember buying this actually because it was the one where you kind of look at the description and it's it's a mixed fermentation farmhouse uh, with apricot, peach, and mango. And I kind of thought I'm not even sure what even what color this is going to be before <laughs> I buy it. Like you know a. a it's kind of says on the fermentation like, like a funky like it could be it could be anything I've seen that I've seen that term used a lot more recently mixed fermentation I think a lot of people might have called them like I think I think Jim Abedale Jim I think their kind of thing that's coming up in a couple of months there Funk Fest which I'm sure we'll cover or I've covered at some point but um, they've mentioned they use that term I think Maybe it's a brewing term which kind of catches a few extra um, strands than just saying it's a bit funky. Right, yeah, but this is the one. This is the other one I didn't have. So this is a Liverpool brewer. Um, Black Lodge. Black Lodge. Definitely sure don't Black get Lodge much. Of, thought, actually, definitely don't get much of this around. So this is a very orange, very deep orange color actually. Mm. It's um, it's not murky, but it's certainly not see through. It's cloudy, isn't it? It's a citra hop. It's, it's a solid colour. Um, so this has, yeah, fit, um, mixed fermentation farmhouse. It's got apricot, peach, and mango in it. It's it smells like a sour. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't give you what you'd expect 
you know you don't get as much of the fruit do you within like the kind of rounded fruit as well it smells fruity but in a kind of yeah like a funky way it does smell funky funky is a good description for the smell not overly though it smells Ooh. beery but smells fruity as well mm. It smells a little bit wheaty to me. It tastes very wheat beery, like that kind of bubblegummy banana-y. Oh, it, uh, no, it really does, yeah. Oh, crikey. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. That's really hard to distinguish what you've got going on. Yeah. I think I wish I'd not had the Northern Monk before it. I think maybe that's kind of just yeah. I wonder whether or not, because, I mean, the, the, they are actually, they're numbered, the series is numbered, but, <laughs> Possibly. but in, in no other, like, I wonder if you're meant to drink them in the actual... What is the, what is the, the number, number order, then? But, but that wouldn't make any sense, because number one is the Buxton 10.5% <laughs> stout. It's just like, um, get out of the way, guys. So that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it need, would this be... It's, it's, would, would it be better if it was about two and a half, three percent weaker? Yeah, I think so. Just for us, for our sake, if anything. The, I just think that the the Wylam, you've got a lot of flavours in there, but then you also have a, bit, a a real kick that that gives you a right old belt. I don't know actually. I'm I think the second taste. the second taste is a little lighter. I think they I think they um, I think the Northern Monk one just kind of. Influenced it a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't really taste doesn't. seven point. What is it? Seven point five. Bloody hell. Seven point five. Um, tell me what you know about the phrase mixed fermentation. Very little. I think it's just. I, 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 think, I know little. I think it's. I think you know when people say I, I don't. I can't. I, I, I'd probably embarrass myself trying to guess. But I think it's to do with like mixing yeast, you know, like wild maybe it's quite a wild yeasty kind of thing. So you're making things interact, have some sort of reaction right, okay. which kind of creates some sort of funkiness. I'm sure. So yeah. I'm I think sure Jim or Laura be able to tell th- This us. is where this is the kind of beer that we could probably do. Shall ring her up? Drinking on <laughs> on the main hotcast where we've got people that really understand um, beer because it it tastes a little bit mental. Like a bit like they've just sort of thought, ah, fuck it, let's just stick loads of stuff in this and see what happens. So I wonder whether or not, you know, the, the idea of mixed fermentation kind of works quite well with that, where you, you're going for this idea of it just being a little bit crazy. Like it doesn't, there's no settled kind of um, distinguishable style, which is weird actually, coming off the back of the Northern Monk, which is a very established style that mm, we just had yeah. and, a, and a good example of it but then going into this this is very hard to try and figure out what it's supposed to be trying to do I just had a quick look and it kind of is that it's um, any fermentation that consists of a combination of brewer's yeast wild yeast lactic acid bacteria lactic acid and basically chucking a lot of stuff different things together so it's, it's rather than just using one technique to maybe sour or something it's using different ones together so maybe that maybe maybe different combinations of these things create different flavour profiles. That's why I've got to assume, aren't you really? It really, the more I drink of it, it really reminds me of something. I can't think what it is. When I it first reminds tasted me of a very orange orangey beer. When I first first tasted it, and I mentioned it on last month's podcast, it's that really bananary kind of versa kind of taste. But more than that, because it's got that fruit 
fruity background, which I'm not. I didn't get that first first sip, but I do now. It's almost like yeah, you're right. It's it's probably like having a, a, a quite a strong, proper traditionally wheat beer, but having like I'm not going to like blue. I'm not going to say blue moon because blue moon served with orange orange. No, yeah, you know yeah I mean? it's good. Could, but like, could call that. But much much better than that. Like yeah. much more complex than that. I'm I'm quite enjoying it. As we yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's not. I, it's still something. If I would, if someone said you want a couple of cans of these, which one you want? I, I wouldn't pick it out because it's just for the pure. It's not my go-to style. No, I agree. Um, but that's the only reason. There's nothing wrong with it at all. It's actually a very bloody good beer, and I'd love to try some other their their beers because I've not tried it as far as I know. I've tried any of their beers. Black Lodge. Did we figure out where they were from? I think they are from Liverpool. Yeah. I did a little bit. I think they have a couple. I'm in, I'm in Liverpool in September, so I might try and look at some of their um, some of their stuff. Um, I realised as well that I did say that we got two big news stories to talk yes. about, and then we talked about one for a long time. That's right. Um, the other being, and it's kind of old news, but I think the idea of the half pint is that we get a little bit more into chatting about stuff that's happening, so it's, yeah. it's a good opportunity to do it. And that is the, the, the news about Beavertown. Yeah. Um, so anyone that, that, that doesn't know, and I think in beer circles you'd have to be living under a, a stone to have not kind of heard about this yet, is um, Heineken investing in Beavertown. Um, we know that they're a minority shareholder now. But that could be anything the, up to the, 49%. Yeah, we have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah. The rumour kind of for the last couple of months has been that they were either going to buy them out completely um, or yeah, kind of like you know, take a controlling yeah. um, interest in them. So there's maybe a slight surprise by the fact that it's a minority um, share. Exactly what it means, I mean, yeah, we could debate mm. for for ages and, and I'm sure most people listening to this have probably already kind of got their thoughts about it yeah. so kind of cuts the chase of it really which is um, good thing bad thing will it make any difference to your approach to Beaver Town beers it's tricky really. I mean on on social media there's been a very, quite a, an unusual hard split I think really I think where people have genuinely just gone yep. done that and I've said, I think I've even said, are these people being ba- is it a bit babyish just to, and, and I, I'm a, I'm a equity for punk, I'm a Brewdog shareholder, and when um, James put a tweet out, Brewdog James put a tweet out saying, we're never sucking their beers again, we're not going to their extravaganza, I just said, I don't know, I'm, I'm one of your shareholders, I think you're embarrassing. And they've done it before, they did it with, like when he, like, um, was uh, like like when he says and like Camden as well, and he's like, I mean, this is diverting a little bit, but like I know that they've not got big investors invested in like that, but they have got big investors. You know, someone put a hundred million pound into them to you know, a few months ago, which is the point where they had to actually ask for shareholders for for some shares back. You know, and, and you know that suited me because I literally made, I've made my investment back on what they wanted to sell back to them. Yeah, <laughs> and I still got. Well, potential value of a couple of thousand pounds and I'll put a couple hundred quid in you know what I mean uh, but that's fine but don't be this person who kind of just starts getting on your bloody high horse about it when you're literally the least yeah. crafty pe- I mean it's not like it's not even like Beaver Town have kind of gone you know we're super independent we're super like craft to the to the core and then sell out then, as far as I'm aware they are by because they are but they never kind of cr- sort of screamed 
that this can be craft kind of independent company. No, it's one. It's, it's business. It, Why does beer make a difference? If you, yeah. if wants to chuck a lot of money at you, like to 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 develop, and you need that impact, and you've got someone who does have you know, like Heineken, obviously know what they're bloody doing because they want me in that position. Whether they whether they, as long as they, I think as long as Brewer, as long as Beavertown have got some sort of creative control over things. And obviously Heineken are going to want to make some money out of it because otherwise why would they yeah. put some money? Then I'm kind of to see what happens. I'll I'll make a decision on it later later down the line. I think, but I have supported. I have kind of been against these. No drinking beef town ever again. Right. Okay. Grow yeah. up. <laughs> I tell you, it's, been, it's actually been a really interesting debate. I think in, yeah. in terms of social media and and people. Um, generally debating it, there has been a bit of quarrelling about it, which is which is daft, yeah. really. Um, I come from the point of view of if this happened to every brewery in the industry, then we might have an issue. Yeah. Um, for one or two breweries, I kind of see it as a good thing because yeah. from time to time we all have to go into a ship, a, a ship pub, yeah, <laughs> that we don't we don't really want to go into, and we go into it on the assumption that there's not going to be anything that we like in that. Yeah. Um, now, Brewdog are a good example of a brewery that have got into the vast majority of these places. Yep. Even, not necessarily on 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 tap, but even a bad pub. Yep. You look behind the bar. Chances are, Punk IPA. They'll probably have in bottles. Chain restaurants. Yeah. Um, two or three breweries that kind of go down this route of getting decent beer into places that have traditionally stocked shit cannot be a bad thing. If it happened across the whole industry, then there's a bit of a problem. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't blame them at all. You know, yeah. if someone comes along and says I'd like to invest this in your business, I will still let you have the controlling share. You can still pick the future direction of it. Why would you? Why Why would you not say not no to the? What, you, of course you would. Of course you'd take up that, they've, that they've, offer. Up. They, they've obviously thought about it. I mean, like, is it Logan? He's bloody. Isn't he like the son of bloody Robert Plant? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't I think know, he I don't is. Know essentially, I know, I know there's there's a connection between Beaver Town and Brewdog, and I don't know where that connection comes in. Um, uh, but I don't know a lot about the background of the. I think. I think. Company. I think it's. I think it's Logan. But I think. I, I think it's Robert Plant's son. Right. But I don't think he's. I don't. From what I gather, it's not something that's he's bankrolled or anything. And we're, I mean, he's probably had a little but bit. Isn't it? Okay. So um, let let's go back to what a month and a bit ago when we were at Thornbridge. Yeah. Thornbridge started because there was a guy that wanted to drink better beer yep. and couldn't find it so I thought I'll just employ some people to start yep. brewing it for me um, Thornbridge had been a, a, a really good example of a company that could very easily have just sold out yep. they could have sold up many 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 times Absolutely. and they were one of the first to get all the supply chains and, and, and everything in, in, mm-hmm. in place almost positioning themselves you know not not now but two three years ago you think either positioning themselves just to look to sell up yeah. and as time's gone on you've realized they're not really interested in selling up yeah. um he's I, I imagine um he, he's still every night getting a, a thornbridge beer out of his fridge cracking it open and thinking oh, I'm glad nice. i did this yeah. yeah yeah well done me yeah um and it's now to the point whereby I would see it more likely the other way around. Thornbridge are more likely to be looking at breweries abroad, thinking we want to spread across Europe yeah. more fastly, more, more quickly well, than we are now, and looking to start snapping up other places yeah. than the other way around now. Um, so, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we find ourselves in a really interesting position, don't we? In the in kind of like the, the the particularly the craft beer market now. Yeah, it was... it's it's a really interesting time, and I think people's reactions to what's happened with Beaver Town have been interesting. It will not be the last brewery no. that we kind of come to know and love, and I, and I say that I, I don't think Beaver Town's a brewery that I've ever particularly felt anything special for, and maybe that's why I've. A, a slightly lesser opinion on it. If it happened to Verdant tomorrow, then I yeah. might have something to say about it. If it happened to Magic Rock, I'd have something more yeah. to say about it. I think, I think it's all relative. I think because if I look back at my like untapped stuff, and I remember first drinking Gamma uh, Gamma Rare, it was old brand. It was before they did all the cans. It was in the bottles. I remember getting it, not really knowing anything about it, probably from Dram Shop or something, yeah. and thinking that was literally the best thing I've yeah, ever yeah. tasted. And gave I gave it a five and untapped. And tap's annoying because it remembers whatever you first checked in it. And if you ever check it in again, it just tries to do that. Doesn't it? Doesn't if you nudge it down, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I get it five out of five, and no one gives five out of five. And I drink it now, and sometimes I don't enjoy it. And it's the same as punk IPA. Like I don't know whether they just they have to stretch themselves a bit too thin in terms of demand, and they just they've had to cut corners in some way. It's just to just to supply demand for it because you can get everyone like i've got people work well ale and they're oh, my favorite beer oh, oh camera is really great and you're like you, you're not as far as i'm aware you didn't even you're not you're not an ale or a craft beer drinker yeah but it's because it's so widely available and all that is it's going to be it's just going to continue um but i did um going back to the thing about the um thornbridge thing in europe is when they i mean it was only about a year ago they were still doing all their beers in 500 mil bottles yeah um they were saying we're going to go to three to three thirty, and I was like, "What?" Oh, and I was, and, and I personally kind of at the time I'm thinking, "Well, I'll, I'll genuinely never buy your bottles ever again because not for that reason at all, and it's because it's so widely available to me in pubs, and there's other beers available that it just didn't seem there was no pull for me to buy a small bottle of something I can get all the time. Yeah. Like, I would never buy Maybe. a... It's like, it's like when it blows my mind that people buy a bottle of Bex in a pub when you could get a pint of, you know, mm, or anything yeah. generic. But I remember bumping, I was in um, beer, the Bath Hotel, I think it was, during Beer Week, and I can't remember the guy's name was for Thornbridge, and he, I was with my boss and he knows him. And they were saying the reason I've done it is because the export market literally just will not take 500 mil bottles because yeah. it's not, it just it doesn't make sense to that to their market, and because their export market was growing so big, it was either well you're not going to sell them to your export market or or you you you, you change, and then you start thinking about it logically, thinking well I'm only thinking 500 mil bottles in Thornbridge is good because I because that's what I'm used to, but if someone had never drunk it before. And they were getting three thirty mil bottles. Everybody else gets all other beers in three thirty mil bottles or, or cans. So why is it different? It's just that we were we're spoilt by very very good brewery, serving very very good beer at a very good price in five hundred mil bottles. And if they've got to basically meet demand in Europe by going to three thirty mil, well, like I say again, it's a business. The, you know. This guy maybe was doing this for fun to begin with, had a bit of money to play with, but essentially he wouldn't be building a massive brewery yeah. at his method of empire if he weren't trying to make some money. Yeah, so why is it different for any other walk of life, any other type of business to just kind of go, oh, yeah, they can do what they want to make money, but apparently craft brewers, if they've got any, if Edward wants to put any input into their biz, no, 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 we can't do that. But it's just, that's my kind of thought on it, I think, quite strongly. But, you know, we'll see what happens. It will come out in the wash if if Beaver Town 
I've sold out, then, you know, they're sold out and you kind of go, okay, do I drink them again? I mean, the, the very last point yeah. I'll put on this, I know we kind of dragged it on, but Cloud, I was a bit mad about some of the brewers that pulled out of their extravaganza things. It seemed a bit childish, but I did see a Cloudwater post and it was highlighting a lot, a lot of um, maybe moral, uh, ethical things, that um, issues that... Um, Heineken had been involved with in the past right. and it was an extensive list and I didn't I felt like I didn't need to click on any of the, hi, any of the hyperlinks it was just like okay you've got an issue with them yeah. cool and obviously they had to put it in the public because people were probably going to this event because they were yeah, yeah. you know wanting to drink car water beer and they said they're going to put another event on in London and anybody's got tickets for extravaganza thing they'll be able to come for free. Which is nice. nice Which is cool. And they've had to explain themselves, but I did, I'll put my hands up, I did kind of think, a bit childish guys, but if they're, you know, if they're knowledgeable about all this stuff, and I'll trust their judgment on it, and um, I'll just move on, I suppose, from that. Um, I, I think we are on to the second to last beer now. Penultimate. Penultimate, yes. Um, say it. <laughs> so this is... I don't know whether I I I don't think no, I've tried this. I had this the, after you gone the other night. So um, this is the Box Social Collab. It's a double IPA. Um, it is eight point eight point five percent. So we are into oh. the seriously strong stuff now. I'm worried that these are the Liverpool ones now. Damn it! Where the from? Box Social. Does it sell the can? Uh, I'm looking it up. Uh, it just says it's canned in Newcastle, so I'm not sure. Um, so it, it was Black Lodge and Box Social, the two that we're not really sure about. No, oh, these are in Newcastle. You asshole, man. These are local lads. Newcastle? Oh, oh girls. I'm going to tell you that. Yeah, I think you found a sweet spot where half a can is, haven't you? I've noticed you've been very um, using your um, very well-designed geometric um, yeah. can to work out where... Uh... It's all credit to the Magic Rock glass that allows you to do that quite well. So, 8.5%. That's a double IPA. It's got a, yeah, I, bit, oh, of a bit of a New England look going on. I can smell that from... Oh, crikey. So this is... <laughs> um, Miles double away. IPA with citricrite... Cryo, can't say that now. Yeah. Citra Cryo, Amarillo Cryo. Um, is it brew. pronounced as Brew One or <laughs> B B R U One? I'm not sure. Mm. And Galaxy. So again, all the good stuff. Gorgeous smell. Yeah, I, can, I can smell it. It's on the table. It's about a foot and a half away. I can smell it from here. Right. It's going in. Yeah, that's just ticked every box. It's a little bit bitter again, though. I think. Oh, I think I had something to it though. It's a better bit. It's a better bitterness. It's an earlier bitterness. Oh, it's, it's very balanced. That that bitterness is 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 really supporting. It's quite lip smackingly bitter, yeah. <laughs> but I think one of the, one of the things that you can sort of accuse um, some of the modern beers of is is going for just too sweet a taste yeah it's cloying which is daft because sort of the thing about like New England beers is is that they are they're so packed with hops that they should be naturally dead bit dead bitter really yeah I did fall fall I did fall foul of that a few months ago and I've been drinking bar stewards and Charlie and Alu are the 
proprietors of their place. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure if they were working or taking advantage of having a having their own bar and having a few drinks. Which one, yeah. And um, I was with uh, Matt at Gluten Free Pint. Um, and uh, I think we ended up in Brew Mill and then bumped into them again in the York. And they were like, hey! And they'd been there trying some double IPA, which North Brewing had done, called right. Dynamo, which I think I tasted just before we did the um, White Lion one, which is really good, actually. And then they were like, oh, we're going to go around the corner to um, Itchy Pig. So we're in there. And then they're like, we're going to get a taxi back to Bar Steward. Do you want to come with us? And I'm like, yep. And then we did that. And then they... So we went from Bar Stewards round half well, of and back to Bar well, Stewards. Well, we, we went to Bar Stewards and did a few pubs and ended up in Broomhill and then just happened to bump into them and then we kind of... What t- time did you start for this to oh, all like happen? We, st- we must have been in Bar Stewards from about half five to six, maybe, something like that. Right, and then okay. maybe bumped into them about half eight. Right. Um, I remember getting back to Bar Stewards and then them cracking... Oh, it was one, It was a verdant beer and it was one of the... Yeah, you're your strong ones. Go on, describe the label to me. I'll probably um, recognise it. Yellow. Uh, would it be the the Neil one? Oh, could it be? There's the, I think Pulp is a yellow pulp. label. No, Pulp's well. the... Um, kind of it's the... I can't remember. Is it called Things That Neil Does or something like that? Uh, or could ne- have been. Neil Does Things or something. Anyway, they cracked it open and they just give me a taste. And I think I'd gone through that much beer and it was so sweet and cloying that it, it literally made me feel sick as soon as I tasted right, it. Okay. And, it's, and I think you get that this is the opposite of that I think where they're the really sickly sweet ones yeah. at about 8-9% and it just that, that swallow it's like oh you're stronger than me at this time of night because that is not what I need I need something clear and clean and kind of not sickly sweet like that yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean carry them in early if you're going to do it <laughs> so what, what what's your thoughts on this in terms of I like flat, it I think it was probably my favourite one I think I think of the of the that again if you're going to kind of compare it if you're going to drink the Wylam Cannonball Run probably go okay. so far I'd probably go Hawkshead Northern Monk Box Social as the kind of yeah, similar, style, similar style you'll be able to just basically you're up in a couple of percent maybe a percent or something a time if you wanted something different they're all they're, I'm enjoying them a lot much more than I did other than when we did it at the um, yeah and it was more. I kind of felt a little bit disappointed on on that night, if I'm honest. But I think the cans have redeemed them a little bit. I think. Well, I think to be fair, I don't think there's been a bad one. I think pro- no. pro- probably. I mean, we've still got one to go after this, but I think that's so much different to everything yeah, else. Yeah, that's that's comparable. Like... Um, probably the most disappointing. I don't know. Pro- probably the cloud water. Yeah, I think again, it's all down to ex- expectation. I think, I think on the yeah. whole, I think on the whole, the entire series, it kind of felt like, like I've had to wind wind myself in on Wildem stuff, and I've never really had much Wildem stuff until I had to someone had to start asking me what my favorite beer of the month was, and that dates back to I like to move it, move it, and I'm like, oh, who made that beer? Oh, that's them, and before that, and then the months going on, I'm thinking I can't have another Wildem beer, otherwise I'm just going like chuffing ridiculous Wylam fanboy which again yeah. I, I am just by the fact that their beers are so good but I'm not going around kind of just, the, just the, ser- searching them out when I, I get them I don't think exactly the same the Moop thing is being re-released isn't it yeah is it a double one though or something yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Is that what? Yeah, because that's with Northern Monk, isn't it? It's pro- probably more or less yeah. out now, actually. That's what they bloody offered him for a free one, but that. Yeah, well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah complain, complain about the Northern Monk one, the free one. <laughs> It'll be too late by then. I'll, I'll let you know how I go. Um, I, I don't know how, how do you think that sits with the Northern Monk one? Because it's, it's comparable. Yeah. Completely comparable. All very good. Do you know, I, I reckon, what, probably two, three episodes ago, we, against all odds, picked a 2.9% beer as our Cloudwater winner, one. the Cloudwater one. Yeah. Of the three kind of hazy beers that we've had tonight, I would genuinely pick the Hawkshead one as my favourite. Oh, right, okay. Because of the fact that it's it's not as strong as the others, but I think it carries its flavour just mm. as well. I, I could be twisted to say the same, like, genuinely. I think there's not much between... It's definitely between those two. I think, like I said, it's all due to expectation again, where I think I was a little bit disappointed with the overall, thinking I have to expect a little bit more from each of the beers, but having them again, I think, really strong. I think maybe I would, you can get better than all the Monk ones. If you if, while of the yeah, Northern yeah, Monk yeah, one, yeah, 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 yeah. you expect what the Wild Northern Monk one to be, absolute banger for that style sort of thing and it is great it's great but you could independently get better ones this is really good because I've never even drunk any of their beers before makes you wonder how wild of me that one is I don't know I, I, I literally don't know anything about box social to be fair um, but yeah maybe you're right maybe maybe the wild maybe the uh, Hawkshead one is it's just purely on the basis that what is it 5% yeah it's bang on 5% yeah and I think it's it's as as tasty. It's a shame we can't sort of. We should have maybe saved a little bit of some beers to go back to, shouldn't it? I've noticed a typo they, on the can though. Um, <laughs> I've noticed a typo on the can though. Go on, it's about hawk's head wrong on that bit. Oh got right, got an X ray in it. Because that's the logo there. Hawk's heed. Yeah, excellent. There we go. Sorry. Well spotted. That's my uh, designer in me. Um, yeah, just. Purely if it, if it can carry its taste across and do it at a lower ABV. What, yeah, you would yeah. naturally just have it, wouldn't you? Because why would you want to be in a ditch after um, <laughs> <laughs> two, two fights? But again, going back to the smalls, I think when... Depending on what situation you're in, I suppose, and where you're drinking things, if you're taking a can, you're probably taking it home. And then it's a case of... I mean, the longevity of a night to get through things, but you're willing to pay that little bit of premium. But if you want to wind that premium in, still get the flavour for it, not have a massive hangover in the morning, and you can still get that flavour yeah. profile. Five percent is a nice, nice, uh, nice point to go in. Um, Maybe a slightly different way of looking at it is, is, and I think the answer would be the same actually. If you could pick any of the beers that we've had tonight to become like a, a permanent hmm. core range beer that's always available. Which would it be? Because I'd I'd still go Hawks. I think I would actually. Yeah, I think I genuinely would. I and think I'd, I'd like, I'd, and it would actually become a serious kind of go-to beer for me. Yeah, it's really like easy drinking. It's refreshing. It's got all the flavour. It's got a bit more than you kind of like I said. You're really low strength ones in that thing. And if you, if I'd love to, I'd, I'd love to go back and think that you could get a pint of that, but not for eight pound. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe seven pound fifty. Uh, keep going. Mm, <laughs> keep going. 
maybe four fifty. Four fifty. Yeah, there you go. I'll pay four fifty for a pint. But maybe it's maybe it's maybe they genuinely can't produce well, it with know, that flavour at that price. Yeah, because there's not a lot of people doing it. Are they? You know, Cloud Cloudwater are doing it on keg with the smalls, but there's not a lot of the people that are actually producing those beers hmm. to be sold on on keg. But at thirty five pound for a case of cans, that's coming in at four fifty. So it's like still four fifty for four forty mil. Yeah. Yeah, you're not far off. Yeah, so maybe, maybe if it was what five, five. And then when and then when someone tells you what to get at cost, which I yeah, it's out. better off not just not asking. I yeah, I know someone told me out. Um, <laughs> we we have got one more beer to go after this. I'm going to check my uh, list to see whether there was anything we desperately needed to talk about. Um, so one of the things we we're going to touch on is future kind of beer events that we're going to that we're looking forward to, and 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 the, and the future of the podcast. For the next few months, yeah, but we can, yeah. I mean, the two probably go hand in hand actually because the, um, yeah, the, the bigger, certainly the bigger Sheffield events we're going to. So, the next big thing is tram lines, which we've talked about yeah. on the main hopcast already. Yeah, um, I'm going for the full weekend. Well, I say that with my fingers crossed that my press ticket comes off, <laughs> um, leaving it a little bit late, but yes, um, so tram lines from a beer point of view is. As beery or unbeery as you make it, isn't it? Because yeah. you can. Uh, last year, I spent most of my time going around pubs in town, trying different beers, and then not going seeing, to any music. seeing friends, and yeah, not really doing. No, that's what I've done the last few years. Um, I think quite naturally, kind of being in the main stage area, there's not going to be as much choice from a beer point of view. But obviously, you've got mm. some really, really good bands on this time. Yeah, it feels a bit like the film The Purge, but without killing people. Tramlines. Is that where the police kind of just take a step back, and you can just sort of do what you want within a certain realm of drinking on the street and stuff and everyone just kind of are you saying it's alright for me to just kill random people no no I'm saying it's like that without the killing but it's just kind of weird right you've got, you got a weekend be good but if you're drinking on the streets we're not going to take it off you and it does like, it, it's really weird how isn't it how it you, feels a bit rogue to, so yeah <laughs> and, and you can even I think the thing that feels the most naughty is not necessarily drinking on the street it's the idea that you can go into a, a bar and buy a beer from there Leave and then go to a different bar where your mates are and um, stand with them with a beer from a different yeah, pub. No one's, and it's, no one's checking because there's too many people. Yeah, but it's also like it, it's just it's fine. Um, and I, where, last last year, I think that my friends ended up in Green Room, which is not a bad pub, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's, and I, I mentioned this as my um, fit, one of my favorite beers of last year. Brewdog had got their collaboration beer on, oh, which was a, like a tropical yes. fruit beer going on. Um, to the oh, point whereby I was, every time a round came in, I went, no, miss me out of this one. And I would walk from the green room all the way up to Brewdog to buy a pint of that, to take it all the way back down to green room called, and meet yeah. my friends. It's one of the Alvarez yeah. Kings, it was the, the yeah, band. It was, I can't remember what it was called, but it was brilliant. It was this kind beer. of, yeah. Lychee thing, weren't it? It was, yeah. the, um, it yeah. was kind of mango, lychee, so passion far, fruit. Four and a half percent. Ridiculously drinkable. Excellent beer. Excellent beer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to tramlines. Um, what else have I got? So literally, the tramlines finishes on Sunday. Yeah. Monday morning, I fly to Berlin, and it's Berlin Beer Week. God, he's always in bloody Germany, isn't it? I do. I I do love 
Germany. <laughs> the great thing about Germany at the moment is that so um, craft beer in, in, in Germany, as, as in a lot of places in, in Europe, is kind of in its infancy, or maybe not quite infancy now. It's sort of past that point, but it's mm. probably five years behind where the UK is. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of quite enjoyable to go back every six months and just see what's changed. Last, last time I went yeah. to Berlin, there were a couple of really good kind of breweries that had, had, had opened their own tap bars and stuff. Um, and it was interesting to be there. Mm. Berlin Beer Week is, uh, I think it's the second year that they've, that they've done it, which is literally like a celebration of German breweries and probably a few from elsewhere in Europe um, who are doing craft beer, yeah. which technically is still illegal in, in Germany. Because of the brutal laws. Because of, yeah, the, yeah. deaf laws. So I'm surprised they're actually allowed to call it Berlin Beer Week and not Berlin alter, alternative yeah, alcohol German. drink yeah, yeah. week or something like that. So um, yeah, that should be quite good. Um, tell you, I'm actually quite looking forward to Pride because the, the last yeah. couple of years Thornbridge have done the bar in Encliffe Park. Um, what I also quite like about it is you can literally just turn up with anything that you want in a in a bag or anything. Take whatever beers you want. No bombs. And um, well, I wasn't going to go down that route. But thanks for that. <laughs> Um, but um, yeah um, so you buy uh, you know uh, uh, six seven really good beers in advance so what, so do they just have, take them do, sit, sit, sit in the park do they have any really bar down there then they do have a bar it's, it's really strange so the bar is kind of fenced off right. if you go in the, the, the bar area and buy a beer you're not allowed to take it out of the oh, bar okay. area it's a bit like, but you can go yeah. to the shop buy whatever you want and, and take it and sit in the main bit of the park um, the last two, probably three years, the weather has been absolutely amazing for mm. Pride Weekend. So, um, fingers crossed, it's another really nice day. You can just, you know, take take some really good beers along with you. It's not far away from Wine Rack. It's not far no, away from, from beer, beer, um, brew, beer, Ale House Brew. Yeah, what's it called? I don't um, know. I can never, beer House. Ale Club. It's not far away from the Beer House. Um, so th- there's plenty of good places to mm. to, to, to get a good beer mm. from. Um, Greystones. to that. And then Peak Ender. Peak Ender, yeah, which is... In August. Yeah, which we had Which is going to be absolutely amazing. Should be, yeah. I'm really excited. I went on, I've not got much beer plans in sort of um, immediate future, really. I mean, I can only kind of go as far as Peak Ender. I went to Peak Ender last year for the, just for the Sunday. Drove, um, didn't... Didn't have to. Well, I didn't drive myself, but I uh, bags in drinking duties. Um, amazing how that it was a much smaller kind of setup than I expected. Beer tent. It's not really like a tent. That you, it's probably only about three or four meters deep before you're back out of the tent. A few, so you're kind of not really sitting in a tent. Um, but the amount of beer they've got on, and the amount of beer that just changes as soon as a beer goes out. There's a big chalkboard that's wiped off, and there's someone you know re-kegged something, and you've got another beer straight on again. It, it was it was it was incredible, really, just how organised it were. And I can imagine that that's only getting stronger every year. So um, I think we are camping this year with, um, and then um, are you doing like a full family thing then for? The well, I'm not going to go on the Friday night. Um, got um, a few swimming. Well. I think my wife's doing a, what, there's a, there's a there's a run on that morning, like a big inflatable run at Rother Valley. Okay. She's supposed to be doing a charity thing, swimming lessons. So I think what we're doing is, I think I've got some my brothers-in-laws are coming up from Suffolk, convince them to buy a ticket between them. We're going, so we'll camp Saturday night. So basically Saturday's going to be the drinking day, because obviously someone's going to have to drive back on a Sunday. 
But if you do stick it out to the end, cheap beer, they last for a couple of hours. They'll literally. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard this yeah, from a couple yeah. of people. They'll be literally like, right, yeah, yeah, casks everything off. What they do, I think what they tend to do is, is they can nip the cask, the keg stuff off, and, and take it put, back. But the casks are pretty much yeah, once yeah, it's on. Yeah, yeah. So it's they will sell it for a pound a pint. So you might be down to things that you're not that bothered about. But if you're thinking of getting a bargain, buy a wild swan or something for a pound. Bang on. Um, I think the else are coming up really. Um, it's sort of linked into we talked about the um, kind of future episodes of the Hopcast where mm. um, we will we will be doing um, an episode at uh, the Greystones, which will be the one just before Peak Ender. So um, we're doing it at a Thornbridge pub um, just to kind of link in with Peak Ender, kind of you know the last minute sort of the lineup, what what beers are going to be on, what kind of special collabs are going to be launched that sort of time uh, plus the uh, Greystones is a, is a great yeah. one um, and we've not really done much kind of across this side of town which is my sort of side of town so looking forward to that it was the actual flagship Thornbridge pub as well it was the it was the original Thornbridge pub I mean there's a really interesting story there as well because it's Midland it was, <laughs> um, I can't remember what it was called before it was the Highcliffe um, and it was before I'd lived in S11 so I can't really comment on it but I've had quite a few people tell me that it was absolutely yeah complete shit yeah, yeah. rough as fuck it's not like and, a rough and, area and, and, and people like no not, not, not in the slightest mm. and yet people that would have you know, given it a very wide berth will, are now like regular customers yeah, yeah. Like what Thornbridge have done and managed to turn it into is yeah. is quite astounding really yeah considering how far out it is like I don't really I've, I could probably I've probably been less than 10 times ever it's just because it's just it's so out of the way and when once it started opening up the pubs it's like obviously it's quite close to being to get to Hallamshire and it's easy to get to like Bath Hotel and yeah, I think Hallamshire is the one that's probably closest to it in terms of sort of size and range and yeah. stuff like that. But they, they do. But it is, it is unique. I think the Greystones. The, yeah. the atmosphere in there is great. Well, they do a lot of gig nights, and we've actually struggled to get. The, the way that we've found the last few months of recording is like, is that there was a toss up between getting a little bit of atmosphere noise and actually just ruining <laughs> ruining your podcast. Um, having a venue which is going to be. A, willing to take us on I've got something good to talk about and having somewhere that is you know out of the way and they have their their, their back room which is what they use for virtually gig nearly every day um, pretty much yeah, yeah. And, and we had to book that like months in advance yeah. I said book it which is an unfair phrase because we're not bringing anything in terms of like <laughs> the, the ticket no. sales that a band bring in um, so absolute full credit to um to, to the guys there for, for letting us kind of go there and um, take up that entire it's a big big yeah, back yeah. room as well and they're letting us take up that whole thing just to record um, a podcast so big mm-hmm. thank you to them for that yeah. um, and then the next thing after that which will be October and you won't be here for this no, I'm all of this, is the um, Steel City Beer Festival which I'm not even sure what it's called anymore because it certainly used to be Steel City Beer Festival <laughs> Is, the, it now, is it now Sheffield Beer Festival it's again? The, it's the big camera one, which... It's got cider in the title somewhere as well. It's the camera room one. It's the one that actually is actually good now. And for a few years, 
was a bit ropey. Yeah. Um, I think we, we did we both go to it when it was at Ponce Forge and it uh, was I went to, uh, yeah two years at Ponce Forge terrible terrible venue not very well run or I, I think I nearly passed out on the night yeah nowhere to go outside very bad decisions on how we were kind of ticketed and stuff and just and then the, before that it was at the oh, the cemetery it was at the kind of morning here really the the partner the cemetery. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I went, that was the first year I went, and it was very, very wet. Um, good festival, yeah, but much small scale. But it, it certainly found its home yeah. now, hasn't it? But as, in terms of what I think what Sean said, in I might be in the in the pilot episode, which was about his like venue of the year, it was them moving um, the festival to Kelham Island Museum. And it's a bit, it's, it's, it's an unusual thing to kind of explain what it's like. Um, and says it, it's, it kind of feels like you've gone back in time a bit. It's very oldie worldy. Yeah. It's like, and the way that yeah. they utilise the space is absolutely fantastic. It, it's a really unusual venue, like to the point whereby you sort of f- feel like at points you're sort of. Um, Sort of climbing up ladders to get into the next room yeah. or, or stuff like that. Or like it's a like little cobbled not, Nothing on. matches. It, no. it, it's not. It's not logical at all. Like no. the outside bit, the downstairs outside bit is completely different yeah. to the upstairs inside bit, which is different to the keg bar, which is yeah. different. And I'm sure it'll evolve a little bit yeah. more this year. Well, you didn't um, realise about the actual venue that you're actually recording, which is part of it. Which I don't know if you want to go into that now or yeah. Well, I mean, I think we're probably touching it because uh, the reason we mentioned this is that the October episode of the Hopcast we're doing in the so it's called the Mill Owners Arms, uh, which is uh, te- side, technically it? it is a pub which is part of the Kellam Island Museum complex. It's not a pub in terms of the fact that it's not a place where you can just turn up and have a pint. No, it's not a trading it, pub. It's, it? it's like, like um, yeah, it's, it's a venue it's, really. It's, you hire it out. Yeah. It's for it's for events, so it's it's generally hired for, say, like a you know, wedding reception or for you know a party or whatever. Um, but it is it is genuinely kitted out as a, yeah. a, to be a pub um, to kind of tell the story of pubs in in Sheffield. So it's got kind of like a museum element to it. Um, so that's where we're recording in October. Uh, we're going to have Paul, who's the guy that's the organiser of the beer festival, is going to be with us as well. Um, so it'll be it'll be really interesting. We'll we'll hear a lot about um, the Miller's Arms and, and what what's that what that is all about. We'll hear a lot about the event. Um, most importantly, we'll hear about what what beers we've got coming up and how it's changed and evolved since last year. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Kind of good that you're not going to be there. Yeah, I'm. Mean, I'm interested to maybe hear about their stance on some of the. You know, they are a camera branch, but they are quite a progressive camera branch. Yeah. And maybe they might have. I don't know whether official comments or unofficial comments on their thoughts or some of the decisions that were made a few months ago in terms of their stance on well, beer essentially. We'll yeah. go into it, but. Um, I think there's a lot being said about it, and 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 we've probably steered away from it. Maybe on the basis of the fact that I think that the Sheffield branch is considered one of the more forward-thinking. Yeah, we're quite a cast It's a bit unfair of us for, to, to kind of, you know, slag off the, the entirety of camera when actually, I mean, you know... They could have voted for it against it. The Steel City Beer Festival has a, a keg bar, which was, Bloody good. you know, last year was bigger than the year before. I assume mm. this year will be bigger still. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like there's a huge anti-keg... It, movement very, in, very in, in Sheffield. I, I couldn't tell you what was on, but I remember thinking at the time, 
that they didn't kind of do it half-heartedly. It wasn't like, oh, we'll just put some, you know, like, no, put Bradfield cool. blonde on that they do on Keg. It was like, there was some strong stuff on there. There was some interesting stuff. There were some really unusual styles. So, like, they'd actually thought about it a bit. And maybe they've got some members who aren't kind of so stuck in their ways, maybe. So yeah, maybe. I still, I'm still finishing my uh, number. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've moved on now to the, f- the final beer. Um, which is the Buxton collab. Um, this is the ten and a half percent chocolate chip vanilla imperial stout. Imperial is a word that's, that's more difficult to say when you've had a few beers. Yeah. Imperial. Double. Imperial. Triple. Um, so yeah, ten ten and a half percent. You so you you picked out a Buxton stout as your. Did yeah. Like literally the beer that you think best represents the country. It wasn't that. It was. It, it's one of the. I think Buxton have always been this kind of like slightly understated but stupidly well respected brewery. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think actually their head brewer moved to Northern Monk in the last few years. So maybe that's te- testament to. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, but they're still putting out these great beers. They've still got a ridiculously good core range. And, and for someone that's out in the middle of nowhere, the Peaks, they're not some traditional Peaks brewery. They're putting out, um, I mean, I'll, I'll mention Steve at a Beer O'Clock show again, who, who really, really, he absolutely loves the beer I put in, which is the Battle Horse, which is a double black IPA, and it was exactly the same strength of this, 10.5%. And then their Axe Edge, which is their um, 6.8% um, IPA, good. which is, again, in the old, so I say old, but... The original kind of style that we we sort of imitated from the US, and it's still an absolute banging beer. And some of their sours, uh, Trolltunga is one of my favourite beers. I don't know if you've had Trolltunga, but if you've not, go and find it. James. Yeah, yeah, it's the good um, one, isn't it? Yeah, it's like really face melonly sort of tart. Um, but they, all because the the, the, the Omnipolo series that they do, which is all the ice cream pale stuff, like they're stupidly progressive for stuck in some little kind of sleepy spa town in the middle of Peaks. Um, and the yeah, Om- Omnipolo stuff is stupidly expensive, and I know yeah you know, <laughs> we're accustomed to drinking really expensive stuff, but yeah. you're talking like you know eight nine pound a bottle stuff there. Yeah, but yeah yeah it's well I I think I said it about one in the again in the initial podcast, which I think I went there last must be in last year, so in the yeah, last year yeah, beer yeah, having yeah. the doing the soft serve version of the lemon meringue pale on the normal version of the thing and just. Incredible. I'm hoping to go back in the next month as a birthday present for my wife. Uh, we're going to go and stay over there and uh, just basically drink in there. Maybe go to the brewery because the brewery's not where the tap room is. The tap room's in Bake, in Bakewell, in Buxton. Um, I think the actual brewery's. Uh, they do have a, a tap room there, but I think it's not as it's not like a it's not open all the time. So uh, babysitters in. Late birthday present. This is, by the way, this is another another uh, Williamette. Beer. Who is it? Yeah. Oh well, must be must be good for dark beers then, because that's the two dark beers I've had a Williamette. Maybe um, maybe it's just like a Newcastle thing. <laughs> the sort of Williamette, Williamette man? hop that's only available there. Well, that doesn't taste ten and a half either, does it? No, I actually think it's very very nice. It's really and, nice. and I can um, that sort of chocolate chocolate chip. Um, where you sort of generally now you'd eat a chocolate chip in a sort of a cookie format, mm. uh, vanilla which you'd eat in a, a an ice cream format. Mm. I get both those flavors. Yeah. 
it achieves what it wants to achieve which must be bloody hard doing yeah. a 10.5% beer to actually it's, try and carry flavour across that isn't just pure booze it's a little bit like when you get one of those blocks of chocolate which is like sort of 70% 90% um, like cocoa mm-hmm. and it's that really really dark chocolate and you can have a little bite but it's mainly a cook, kind of a cooking chocolate um, I've always loved dark chocolate. I think, um, I mean, the other additions it's on the can is uh, dried figs, organic cocoa, nibs, um, dried cranberries, honey, black f- black flame and golden raisins. What's black flame? Golden raisins and vanilla. So, yeah, you get all, you get a nice, very, very rounded flavour from this. It's, it's actually it's dangerous. I'll tell you what, it's an astoundingly good beer. Mm. It is absolutely fantastic in terms of the... Just the depth of that flavour is so good. We're hoping to get this from my England beer, but you know, I you don't get the hops, do you? No, this this is what you should have entered. This is this is what you should have won. Um, yeah, I don't know. You 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 tried. You you shared a half of this. Yeah, I've had this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what did you think of it? No, I time? really really liked it. Yeah, I finished on it. Um, well, finished on it there. But um, yeah, really liked it. It's. A lot of respect for for Buxton. Um, big fan. Um, I don't know what to say really. It's um, it's massively different to all of the beers. It's it's basically the Cloudwater one times times ten, isn't it? In terms yeah, yeah. of um, easily. Um, I think it's it's everything you want from what the description is. Whereas some of the other ones might have slightly undercut, and it just doesn't taste ten and a half percent. There's no burn whatsoever. There's no you could drink that and someone said, oh, that's 6%, and you'd be going, yeah, you wouldn't go, you sure, mate? There's got to be a reason they do it at 10 and a half. Like, it's, I think it's, it's, that it's, round, it's that really kind of it's, complex roundness I think all those extra ingredients that you mentioned, like the the ABV is what sort of brings all those sort of together. Yeah. And it, it keeps that those initial flavours of chocolate, yeah. vanilla... Um, which still override the whole thing yeah. and everything else that that just sort of creates this sort of underbody to the whole thing. Yeah, it's really it's it's ridiculous. It's probably the most balanced beer out of the out of the lot, probably. Yeah. Um, there's nothing in it that I feel that, like I said, some of the like they, they kind of really the the, um, the kind of pale or the IPAs. It's sometimes oh, that's it's quite bitter on the finish. It's, this just there's nothing in any of it. Nothing in the front, middle, or they finish that feels unbalanced or out of place. Um, again, yeah, it's, 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 a job, <laughs> it's, it's a sipper. It's a sipper. It's a sipper for the because you know how strong it is, but not for any other reason. Like if we'd have done it in, in, in actual series order, so we'd have started on this. <laughs> the I, I, I'm, yeah, I think that would probably ruin the entire... Yeah, thing. maybe it's like um, the other ones are the, the kids who shout louder and get what they want and this one's kind of just the intelligent one who sits quietly and just in the background. There. <laughs> not to not to um, insult anybody, but... So we'd, we'd kind of resolved that out of, out of the, the ones before this that we'd had, Hawks would be our favourite. Yeah, before this. Where are you at now? Again, they're, they're quite incomparable, aren't they? Really? Um, well, they are, but you know, it, it's down to it's, it's like the World Cup thing, isn't it? It's like better beer. That's I don't know. Is it in your top two? Is it in your top two, or would you say it's still in that? 
Um, I, th- I know my top three. I can tell you my th- top three. I couldn't go on, tell you top three. Um, Box Social, uh, Hawkshead, and this one, I think. Okay. I think, yeah. Um, I just think it's very difficult to be able to... Th- I think it's time time and place, frame of mind, all that stuff. I think winter, this... Would be- Imagine something like in front of an ice fire or something with that. It just see, I, I don't think it, 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 it doesn't need it, to be that, but just I, I think it's got quite a summery sort of maybe it uh, does actually. Maybe uh, the fruit springy feel to it as well. Maybe it does it, actually, it, yeah. It, it doesn't It doesn't feel that that um heavy, it's not heavy now in the slightest. I, I don't think it's a wintry beer. Um, I think I would naturally sort of assume that it is because it's ten and a half percent and it's. Yeah, maybe I jumped to conclusions on that. Maybe you're right. Actually, I, don't don't you, I think you're right. My my top three would be um, this one, the Hawk's Head. I'd probably still stick with the Magic Rock. Okay. As bit as being my other favourite because I think that was a, just a really good um, fruit sour, mm. um, and if I had to pick between these two. Do you know what? I think I'd probably pick this. And that I didn't expect to say that at all. Stouts whether <laughs> the doubt um, ones Because this tastes individual, it tastes different, it's it's got real personality to it. Mm. The Hawk's Head is a brilliant example of a style of beer at a lower ABV than a, a lot of other beers that, style, that are yeah. good at, at doing that style right now. Um, but it doesn't necessarily stand out. No, it's it's good. It's it's a, a great beer. Um, this for me, out of all of them, is the one that stands out the most as having just something different. Mm. And actually, the the, the yeah, you know, as it says on the label, the two flavors, chocolate chip and vanilla. Every sip I've had of it, I've got those two flavors. Yeah, um, and enjoyed them. I've got uh, I've not got remotely bored of this. No. But I tell you what, though, ten and a half percent absolutely lethal because you do not taste ten and a half percent out of that. It's weird though, really like don't. scanning back through them all and like what we've said about them, like like really enjoyed the Thornbridge, really enjoyed the um, the uh, the mixed fermentation um, Black Lodge one. Yeah. Um, what's that one? That's the Hawks Head one. Yeah, I think to me, I think just. Because I've had much better in them styles, I think the weaker ones actually are the the, um, the Cloud War and the Magic Rock for me. And I love... There's nothing wrong with that Magic Rock, and I really like it. I could drink it all day long. I think just I've had much better that are similar to that. That I think that it just... And the other ones are kind of ones where they're a bit different for me. And I don't know. They're, actually, I'm... I, more surprised at the second tasting of them I think I think they were I don't know maybe I was in the wrong room for a reminder maybe I was expecting something ridiculous from it and um, now I've kind of sat down and just thought about logically that they're really solid beers pretty much all of them go on then pick a winner Ooh, let's go for this let's, let's do I, it I absolutely yeah, let's go for the I really still. agree I really agree and I didn't expect that at all not for me I, I thought maybe you might go for it. Well, the base, not really much. What, what you picked, but yeah, for, but but that was I knew that was a risk when I did that. But um, I this is not the kind of thing that I go for, and it's absolutely brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. But yeah, um, 
Big shout out for the hawk's head with a spelling mistake on it. Yep. Maybe just for the fact that it's got a spelling mistake on it, it deserves <laughs> an extra point for that. But I'm still not sure whether it makes it the, well, the, the does way. Does that mean we can get loads of cheap ones because uh, there's imperfection? Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good thought to uh, to leave it on. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of like the end of the first Hopcast half pint, which has <laughs> been pint. actually yeah, about four pints or something like that the podcast stein yeah this is <laughs> genuinely the idea of it is it's going to be like half an hour long two beers quick chat about stuff yeah. um, and then you know home we go but um, yeah this being the first one we thought we'd do something different and actually to be fair it'll be the this will be the the where we do like the cannibal run next year and we do like yeah. those special things will be on the the half pint yeah um, our next sort of proper edition of the Hopcast will be at the start of August. It will be our sort of peak ender edition, which as we mentioned earlier we're doing at the the Greystones. Um and it will be I'll start my new job by then, which is a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. A little bit scary. Um so yeah we'll 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 look forward to peak ender a lot more in that one. Uh but in the meantime, yeah. Um I've enjoyed this. It's been good. It has. I, I've got. We've got through eight beers between us, and we're still capable of conversation. Yeah, I'm super I, surprised. Let's, let's raise our glass. That's been a victory. Cheers. Cheers.